this is your host, Rosaria Kozar. Please always remember to consult with your physicians before attempting any changes to your treatment plan. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to Living with Scanxiety. I'm your host, Rosaria Kozar, and today I have with me Angus Olson. He is here today to explain some of the difficulties between the patient and the medical community's use of language. Not bad language, but jargon, visually and verbally. He is a father of a little girl who had cancer, but I will let him tell you about his story in a moment. Angus works in Katoomba, Australia, in the Blue Mountains west of Sydney. His background is in animation as he trained with none other than Walt Disney Studios at the Australian TV animation branch in the late 90s. I hope the takeaway for you in this episode will be how to help yourself bridge the gap between the world of medicine and patient from a visual standpoint, so both you and your child can understand things equally. So without further ado, welcome Angus to Living with Scanxiety. Thank you so much for having me. And we are so happy to have you here. And I always like to start off with our guests telling us a little bit about their backstory and your case with your daughter. Can you tell us about that? Yes, uh, in, in 2016, uh, my daughter was diagnosed with uh, embryonic rhabdomyosarcoma, which is a soft tissue uh, cancer. Uh, she was two years old at the time, and she went through uh, 54 weeks of uh, chemotherapy protocol, and uh, she received numerous surgeries, central line, NG tube, went through uh, multiple bouts with um, PICU. And, um, yeah, she's in full remission now. Uh, She had a 700-gram tumour of the abdomen, which they removed, and she benefited from um, high-pec live hot chemotherapy in the abdomen, which uh, came out of your country. Thank you very much. Wow, I didn't know that came out of the United States. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, doc- Dr. Anderson created an amazing tool, and it's helped save my daughter's life, and we're very grateful. I can only imagine the level of and magnitude of the appreciation that you have for that doctor. And I'm so happy that your daughter is, in fact, mm. in remission. That's a great Wonderful thing. That said, is there anything that you wish you knew when you went into this um, whole mess, for lack of a better word, that you could relate out to parents that have children that are newly diagnosed? Yes, I think uh, it was is incredibly overwhelming, as it is for all of us when we go in and. And we sort of assume we can have a handle of things. And, you know, you, it takes a little while to grasp the enormity of um, taking on a childhood cancer. And I, I would have liked uh, to be a bit more appreciative of um, other people's frustrations about what they were saying, because I'm a very go-action sort of person. And um, I went straight into sort of living one hour at a time. In, in the heat of it. And I think appreciating how what was happening to my daughter was especially affecting my family, having better understanding of that and appreciation of that um, would have been much more helpful to me. I mean, everything's all 
feel great now that she's in remission, but in the heat of it, it, it makes things very tense in the family. Yeah, the tension in the family is extremely difficult. Um, and some families more than others, you see some stick together like glue and then others um, really struggle with the tension. I'm sorry to, to, to hear that you guys dealt with that. Um, I, I hate to shift gears on such an emotional note, but you are going to be telling us a little bit about the world of medicine from versus patient in a visual standpoint. Yeah, I can, I can talk about that. Fantastic. Yeah. I, uh, uh, a bit of, a bit of what I do, uh, I have a Facebook page called I to draw childhood cancer. Uh, when I was living in hospital with my daughter, I started drawing the situation as uh, my background is artwork and visual communication. And while doing that, I started putting it online and connected with a few oncology fathers, especially in the US, uh, and started sharing my work with them. Then I started drawing just their children. It was just a group of us fathers supporting each other. Uh, From there, I started drawing scenes that represented what uh, we struggle to communicate with words as cancer parents and uh, seeing our child face such a horrible thing. Uh, and finally, uh, a year ago to the day almost, I, I created a small little booklet in an afternoon called My NG Tube, which explained uh, in a very simple way the use of the nasal gastric tube, which most cancer children have. Uh, to aid with uh, nutrition and medicine and fluids uh, as it getting anything down their mouth going through cancer therapy is extremely difficult. And that exploded. And in 2018, I resolved to try and figure out what where my ability would be best utilised. And that answered the question for me. And since then, I've released, I think, six books and um, done a whole bunch of different resources and things like that, which people use all over the world, uh, uh, especially North and South America. And um, yeah, I try to create uh, things that communicate at the two-year-old level. That's my specific focus. Uh, That's that's how I think when I draw, because I understood uh, what my daughter was facing at that age and what I was facing, watching her face it at that age, and myself as an adult not understanding any of it and being, it took me three months just to learn how to say embryonal rhabdomyosarcoma. And so being able to connect these things with children um, has been enormously rewarding and giving them the ability to say, that's me. Oh, that's that's what's happening to me. I understand now. And they that those resources have been used by them to show family and friends. And I have um, numerous hospitals printing my work out and ordering my work, child life therapy. Um, I I even discovered by accident that the team that saved my daughter's life somehow got a hold of my work. And one book is being shared around. I'm going to fix that. (laughs) (laughs) This one book I created is um, in the, as a is being used as a tool by the people who saved my daughter's life, and that's very special to me. So I try to create things that uh, bridge 
that gap between medical and patient uh, that usually child life therapy do an excellent job of, but I just add a visual element to that which they can utilize. And I continue to try and work on ways to make it simpler and easier and uh, more hygienic because material in a child's hand needs to be sterilized and accessible and understandable. The less words, the better. Uh, the younger, the better, because most children enter this horrible world at the ages of two or three. Yeah. Wow, that is so impressive. And I wish we had something like that when my son Brody was sick. I think it would have helped him tremendously, as well as us trying to convey to him, this is what is happening to you. So I do recommend, after having seen some of your work more recently, that parents go out and check it out, because it really is helpful. And I applaud you. It's a true masterpiece in how you draw in kids that age to understand what's going on and to understand cancer. So I think it is just amazing. And is this something that you wish you had? Yes. When I, I, I was originally, you know, working while my wife was in oncology, my wife, Rachel, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she uh, came down with flu and had to get out as fast as possible. And so we swapped roles and I went down and I lived in hospital with my daughter, Jane. And uh, I, I didn't know, understand anything that was happening to her. And especially difficult for me to understand was the NG tube. Uh, that was something that uh, Rachel had gone through, had been sat down with by nurses and they'd gone through it with her. But now I was in an urgent situation where people were starting to catch flu in the oncology ward. And so there was a priority of saving her life. So communicating to me wasn't the biggest priority. Just making sure she was looked after suddenly pushed me aside. And so I just, all I could do was stand there and um, help however I was asked to help. But um, that, that lack of understanding, you know, for me, it was kind of okay, but I can see how it would produce a fear, especially in uh, young children. And so I, I try to create things to soften the arrival into the pediatric oncology world, a smoother transition into a protocol schedule for saving children. Yeah, so essentially making it less scary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully. Well, it seems as if you did that given the fact that you have your literature located in North and South America. And since you're from Australia, I'm assuming in Australia too? It is in Australia, but I'm not as well known in Australia. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, certain certain countries, it's just clicked with. Um, I think Australians, maybe we do things a bit, a bit different. And um, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, and I'm sure that'll change eventually. But I do have an Australian following. It's just not as big as places like Brazil. You know, it's just how it's landed. Okay. And I'm I'm still fairly new. I mean, I've only been doing this for I've only been doing uh, books for a year, and I've only been drawing oncology for three years. So it's all quite new, and just slowly evolving into 
the best possible way to do this and apply myself and what I have. And if parents want to get a hand on these books, where can they go if it's not offered in their hospital or by their child life specialist? You can uh, uh, just Google my name, Angus Olson, uh, or just uh, go on to Amazon. All my work is available on Amazon. Uh, the books uh, are, ex- are expensive to my mind, and I'm trying to bring it down. I'm much uh, more uh, focused on creating free pamphlets that people can just straight up print out and laminate. But again, all my skills are centered around drawing. So I'm kind of learning everything on the fly as I learn uh, website and design and uh, print layout and things like that. So a lot of my stuff is fairly green and fairly new and fairly light on. But it is available if you just Google my name or just go to Amazon.com and type Angus Olsen. It it all comes up. And we can find some of your art on local social media, right? That's right, uh, facebook.com. I, I originally intended all of it to be available through social media. That was the idea because uh, there's a lot of uh, infection dangers associated with print work. So the idea was that most children have tablets in hospitals and things like that. Parents have phones. And uh, a lot of my work is used uh, on a phone at a bedside as they just scroll through page after page. And that's what it was originally designed for. But the demand for print meant that I had to offer that somehow in some capacity. And so that's why some of my print is available. But I much prefer people just to print my stuff up and make their own thing, which happens in all sorts of places. I heard recently of a a lady uh, in Florida who uh, prints up, all my books and laminates them and her son keeps them under his pillow and um, yeah that that sort of thing is what is happening and that excites me especially in poorer countries where buying books is just not going to happen so I I know that in certain countries uh, clinics are straight up printing them off office printers and making them available in clinic that way and that that's exciting to me that yeah, that's more important to me than making any money off books. Wow, that's really noble of you. It's great that you make it available both ways. Approval. Thank you for your time and everything that you've shared today. I really appreciate it, Angus. Thank you very much. You're listening to Living Whiskey Anxiety. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast. And visit my website at www.livingwithanxiety.org.